0: eagles insider and i like every one of you have dreamed about this day my entire life and here we are
1: welcome to the garver show and today i am honored to have on the host of eagles insider podcast and the face of the philadelphia eagles at least on digital that is dave Spadero, how are you doing
0: I'm doing great. Uh, that's very kind of you to say that, and um, I'm. I think I'm just like everybody else right now. It's like, you know, um, this 2019 season ended too soon, and we're waiting for some action here in 2020. And. We're not very far away from the start of free agency. I can't wait to see what the Eagles do.
1: Yeah, man, it's going to be exciting. And the one thing about your job, when you're with this team, oftentimes people associate you with the Eagles without necessarily allowing us to see who you are outside of the Eagles. So before we fully begin this interview, what are you most passionate about outside of your career?
0: I mean, I would say my children. I would say my tennis. I would say my uh, zest for life. I really enjoy things and have a lot of intensity in my life and, um, like to stay busy. Uh, so those are kind of the things that I'm really into. And, um, but I've been doing the Eagles since I was 22 years old and, and, and every day is really a lot of fun. So. That's a huge part of my life.
1: Well, you really started with the Eagles in 1997, and you took over the website in 1998. And I heard the story when you took over the site, it still had John Gruden listed as the Eagles offensive coordinator when he already yeah. had moved on to be the Raiders head coach.
0: Yeah, so you... in 1989, we started actually, before not before I joined the Eagles, we started a newspaper a fan magazine called Eagles Digest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I was an employee of a publishing company in Miami. 97, the Eagles were starting to think about getting everything together to build Lincoln Financial Field, uh, make a pitch for Novacare Complex. So they brought all their assets in house. I joined the team and our website at that time was called (laughs) eaglesnet.com. And John Gruden had gone from the Eagles coaching staff to become the head coach of the Raiders. And Mm -hmm. um, three months later, our website still said that. So I made the pitch to the Eagles. Hey, can I just run this silly little thing called a website? And they were like, yeah, just make sure everybody knows. And uh, yeah, and and from there it just exploded. And of course the media has changed so much. I mean, we're doing this interview and um, I think I've done literally every kind of media there is. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was once the young guy, now I'm the old guy. And the challenge is to stay relevant. Dave, you're not old. (laughs) You're not. I mean, the challenge is, but the challenge is, you know, there's a whole new wave of Eagles fans. Sure. And they're on, you know, they're on Instagram and they're on Twitter and they're on Facebook and they're on digital. And so you have to, it's a different way of portraying the story because it's all about the story. It's all great content. And Eagles fans just want the content. So Mm -hmm. it's just a a matter of how they digest the content.
1: Sure. So PhiladelphiaEagles.com, then comparing it from back then to now, it's vastly changed with endless content and you preach on content. Tons of money being generated from ad revenue and sponsors. My question is, in today's world, when the media is constantly changing and so is this industry, how do you try to stay ahead of the innovations in an industry that's constantly expanding and changing?
0: Yeah, for sure. You have to keep an open mind about things. You have to keep your eyes open. Uh, You rely on a lot of people around you. We have a lot of brilliant people here who are extremely tuned into what's next. Mm -hmm. You know, Eagles jumped in front of the world of TikTok and yeah, been really slamming TikTok and doing a great job there, and um, so there's it's. But you're right; it's always going to change, and it's always going to. The the goal is to be, how can we make it convenient for Eagles fans around the world to follow us, and mm-hmm. uh, so that's you know and the and Jeffrey Lurie has always been on the a, a, he's always been a cutting edge kind of guy, and he supports this kind of work so. I really um, applaud him for investing in what we've done for these last twenty plus years since he's on the twenty-seven years since he's on the team. Yeah, and. Um, and that's and, and look we're just beginning this the the world changes so quickly and you just you just have to find a way to try to stay ahead of it so in your career
1: you've gotten to do some pretty cool things besides running the website uh, I've got to imagine one of them has to be introducing the team and their first franchise Super Bowl parade so what was most memorable for you during that day
0: you know I mean it was it was I found out the night before that I was going to uh, MC the Parade of champions, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, could, because you really, we couldn't prepare before the before the NFC Championship game, before the Super Bowl, we couldn't prepare anything. Yeah. Um, and I guess every, I mean, I remember everything so vividly, every every bit of the four hours we were on the the buses, uh, the people tossing beers to us. <laughs> um, I got hit with a couple of beers, got smacked around a little bit. Um, Doug caught one. I thought they were throwing it at us I didn't realize they were throwing beers to us So I really (laughs) didn't know what was going on there But I knew that that was a big moment for me And I wasn't going to screw it up And so I put together a little bit of a script that morning And I really just Honestly just went out and had fun I recognized that you know Millions of people were there Millions of people more were watching it And we had all waited our entire lifetimes For this to happen And also wanted to recognize That it wasn't just about us It was about so many Eagles fans, Eagles employees, people who love the Eagles before Mm -hmm. us who may not have been with us anymore, who share in the success. So to me, it was the the, what I remember is the incredible emotion of it, the incredible noise that the Eagles fans made the Mm -hmm. entire time, the masses of people, people hanging off of trees, um, (laughs) just and then and then the truth is that when it was over. I literally got off stage, I put a hat on, put my sunglasses on, walked through the crowd, nobody knew who I was. I went out to dinner and I got into an Uber and I fell asleep and I basically didn't wake up for 2 weeks because after the Super Bowl win, mm-hmm. they handed me the Lombardi trophy. That was a moment of that I dreamed about my entire life and I gave it a deep passionate kiss. Not thinking that eighty other people had done the same thing, so after the parade, I was so sick, and um, but it was all worth it. I would love to do it again, and and hope that this Eagles football team deliver us all delivers us all another Lombardi Trophy very soon. You've seen
1: some of those high times, of course, and one of those was you know the second Super Bowl you were here for in franchise history, where. They played the New England Patriots uh, again, and they lost to them. Um, Terrell Owens and Donovan McNabb, obviously that crew broke apart. When you go in Philadelphia and survey, at least for me, I kind of see it split here. What was your opinion in terms of that split? Who do you blame more in terms of that team kind of breaking apart and that duo? Obviously, McNabb didn't have a solid wide receiver and told probably Terrell Owens. And then obviously that didn't last for more than a year. So who do you blame there more so for that split happening?
0: Yeah, I blame Teal for that. Um, now, I know Donovan has his detractors, and I'm sure there are certain situations that he would have liked to have handled differently. But um, I can tell you that when T.O. came to Philadelphia in 2004, uh, every single person in this organization bent over backwards for him, mm-hmm. made it work. Uh, the fans accepted him like no other player I had seen. A very skeptical fan base accepted him. And um, then he got hurt. and he, Everything was, you know, he was difficult to deal with. And then when he got hurt, it all just, he just stopped trusting people and became very paranoid. And, you know, he's just a divisive guy. And mm-hmm. I felt that if he could have just... look, I But felt did you think there was any
1: jealousy to- on McNabb's part?
0: no i mean donovan benefited from having Mm -hmm. terrell owens here i think that we all knew that terrell was going to help us win a lot of football games and nobody really cared that he was he's a great personality and a lot of you know high q rating and the fans loved him and he was he had a lot of showmanship in him and that was really it was fun he -hmm. was fun until he got to be so divisive and um I you know again Donovan could have handled it better too but for the most part and I just can't believe these two men have uh continued this feud mm. you know yeah. 15 16 on. years later it's ridiculous but I I just I remember thinking after Super Bowl 39 okay it was a crushing loss devastating loss but boy we'll be back because he had been in, that was four straight NFC championship games, and no, pro, and then here we are, it took us another, took what, 2008 eight for
1: the Cardinals in the yeah. NFC championship, and he didn't yeah. make a pass there, so.
0: Correct, so it was. So, so it just took too long to get back, but I, T.O., I just, and, and then what T.O. did to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, how he's distanced himself there, I just, <laughs> it's just a shame he can't enjoy success and embrace people around him and and just live it up, enjoy it. Tying it back to your
1: career, uh, when you gave us a tour at the NovaCare complex this past summer, you showed us some of these inspirational quotes from Eagles legends plastered on the walls, explaining it as motivation, as anyone, including yourself, can be replaced at any given time. So through your highs and your lows, what quote or saying has driven you the most?
0: Oh, boy. um, uh, Boy, that's a good one. I mean, I, there's one that says something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing, that success is a a learned behavior. It's not something that you do um in a sporadic fashion. Mm-hmm. And to me, like I think the whole the overriding message here is that you try to bring your best every day because from a player standpoint, okay, you've got 53 players on the roster, another ten or so on the practice squad, players who are on the injured list, and then hundreds and hundreds and hundreds more who would love to come take your job. Well, it's the same whether you're a player, a coach, or just a staff member. We have to bring our game every day. And there are people who love the Eagles and they love their content and they want their content every day. So bring your A-game each day and, and because you know that if you don't, there's a whole long list of people who would love to have your job. Sure. It's a grinding job, it's a difficult job. It sounds, I know that it's very glamorous to people, but it, that, that wears off very quickly. Uh, So I'm just one of those people. I just believe in, in bringing the passion and the energy every day. Some great words of
1: wisdom from Dave Spadaro. We'll be right back talking football in the next segment all right we're back with dave spadaro so dave talking some eagles football this team is in need of wide receiver quarterback and linebacker so in an alternate universe where dave spadaro was general manager of the philadelphia eagles where do you position these ranks on your priority list from most important to least important and how much are you focusing your time and energy on free agency as opposed to the nfl draft this year
0: I will tell you that the one position that you've you've left out is is probably my number one actually, as as crazy as it sounds, I'm all about the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And, sure. And uh, I, I recognize that cornerback. You know, it would probably be for me. It would be D line, cornerback, wide receiver, and linebacker. And now, so I'll go through all four of those positions for you. Yeah. Um, I saw what San Francisco how they brought in Nick Bosa that mm-hmm. changed their team. Yeah. Uh, And the Eagles' D-line has been unable to really, last year I thought they just did not um, have enough uh, presence on the D-line, not enough pressure. I think that the, uh, I like Derek Barnett, don't get me wrong. I like Brandon Graham, don't get me wrong. Mm. But I think that um, they need a difference maker to help Fletcher Cox. and, um, and, And we'll see if they can get that. And if you do that, then you make your cornerback position better. And I recognize that the Eagles uh, have Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby are going to be free agents, and we'll see what happens there. Mm -hmm. So I would say that. And then wide receiver, look, I get it. I mean, no doubt they need playmakers. But I'm going to also remember that Deshaun Jackson, when healthy, Mm -hmm. is a game-breaker, and that uh, Alshon Jeffrey – I know that his future is uncertain, mm-hmm. but right now he's an eagle. And I know he had nine catches and a bunch of yards and touchdowns against the Dolphins in his last game. And if you can get him squared away physically and, you know, get him the football, he's great possession receiver, big catch radius. Sure. Eagles need more speed at wide receiver, no doubt. I'm going to give you this position also. Um, the Eagles safety position is one mm-hmm. that – really see, see, to me – I know people are kind of like going, hey, let's really focus in on wide receiver and cornerback and yada, yada, yada. I don't, other than tight end, where do the Eagles not need players in this offseason? Oh, I mean, it's
1: a good, it's a good point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the one thing I would say, which I'm surprised you said D-line first, I was thinking wide receiver or corner, especially since we saw this year putting temporary bandages on their offense with trying to get Jordan Matthews and then Jay Ajayi back in for the running game. I mean, it just seemed like offensively when these two guys, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, are out. Deshaun Jackson, as we know, each year it seems like he's out with some type of injury. Uh, rather, it's short or long. And Alshon Jeffrey's climbing an age, too. So with these guys going out, it just seems like there's not enough, especially for you know, the team that they rolled with last year. Now, of course, this is a deep and wide receiver draft. Uh, we're hitting free agency, too, so some things can happen there. I know the Bengals are franchise tagging A.J. Green, it looks like. so, uh, But the, you, you would have had the same problem, in my opinion, there. I heard some people say, well, why not look at A.J. Green as a potential solution? I mean, if you're talking strictly from injuries, I mean, what's going to happen when he goes out, too? So, I get what you're saying. Pretty much everywhere else, uh, when you say the tight end sets, I, I'm a true believer they should be running the two tight end sets this year because, you know, <laughs> they're just that good with the tight ends. But besides that, yeah, everywhere else, they probably need some you know, better players in terms of a complete overall roster? Because in 2017 for the Super Bowl run, you saw how deep they were.
0: Yeah, um, it's just, um, I, I think the, when you put a team together, you want to add to every position. Look, we, we all sat in late July last year and we said, wow, this roster is loaded and boy, the Eagles are mm-hmm. set. And then boom, Malik Jackson goes down and then this injury, that injury. And then- and all of a sudden, they're playing with practice squad players. Yeah. So I don't. I just, I always go into the offseason. The Eagles are never one or two or three positions away. They need a lot of work all the way through. And uh, and so I, I I think the draft is set up by free agency. I I spend more time in free agency, honestly, to just kind of prepare ourselves for not prepare what we're doing, not only for the players who are coming, but players who might be leaving the sure. Eagles. Um, and I think the Eagles look. The Eagles have 42 million dollars in cap room, but what's interesting about that is that only ranks them in the middle of the pack in the NFL. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of teams with a lot of cap room, and the challenge for the Eagles is to uh, target one or two or three players, and then go out there and and make sure that they that they do their due diligence and get that and get that player or two that's going to come in and and help and help make a difference. But uh, you build a team through the draft, and um, that's what the Eagles have to remember. That they've got 10 draft picks potentially here. Uh, I, I I just I kind of just always go in with very modest expectations in free agency. So we've
1: heard a fair share of criticism from the national media for guys like Carson Wentz. What would you say to the people who believe that Carson Wentz is in a true franchise quarterback due to health or performance on the field?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that um, the health point is valid look and it's I mean I you can't win the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz if Carson Wentz isn't on the field Carson has Mm -hmm. to stay on the field and and I know that Jadavian Clowney was uh you know very much of a borderline hit Mm -hmm. but Carson put himself in a vulnerable position got to avoid vulnerable positions Mm -hmm. have to as far as his performance on the field I mean kind of hard to argue I think with yeah yeah I you know, think I think low, he's starting to he's close that argument yeah he's hmm. a low interception quarterback he's a high uh he's gotta to- he's gotta protect the ball
1: in terms of fumbling but yeah a low interception quarterback and obviously we saw with what he had on his roster in terms of closing with the division this is a team that quite frankly in my opinion once all those injuries I mean I think 17 guys on the IR they had no business being in the playoffs but they were able to squeeze out of the division so uh, and that was quite frankly mostly due to Carson and how well he played so I I totally agree with that though uh, the one thing I would say is uh, I think they're going to repeat and become one of the first teams since 2006 in the NFC East to win consecutively in this division. What do you think? Do you think the Eagles have a chance to break that trend where they yeah. become consecutive champions of the NFC East?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly hope so. I, I It's actually been since 2003, 2004 mm. that they haven't repeated, so it's been a, a bit longer than anybody thinks. But again, I, it's still early. We have to see how this roster looks, see how the Eagles draft, if they can get immediate impact from the draft. It's just so early in the whole cycle to kind of get a feel for what this team is all about. I think that the Eagles have a playoff, playoff caliber roster right now. I think that they have a really good um, group of you know core players here. I think that they have the makings of an excellent offense. I think that they have a defense that has a lot of areas that need to be addressed, and so let's see what happens starting March 18th when free agency begins. I, I think, I think the Eagles understand what it takes to get there, um, but and they've got assets to, to work with. They've just got to make they've got to draft well, and they've got to add those two or three players in free agency who can help in 2020. Well, said, Dave, so you made it to the last question.
1: We briefly talked about Alshon Jeffrey, but I want to know in your opinion, where is he going to be in the start of the regular season for 2020?
0: I mean, I honestly will tell you that I think he'll be a Philadelphia Eagle. I think that he is one of those players who, um, you know, you probably have to talk to him, explain the situation to him and get him in the mindset hey you you remind him where he is the quarterback with whom he's playing the opportunity that's here the success that he's had mm-hmm. i think that uh, the eagles will add to the wide receiver position but I think ultimately, Alshon Jeffrey will play with the team in 2020. Dave
1: Spadaro is not buying into the rumors. So Dave, to close it off, everyone has their critics, including you and me. So to the people that say you're too much of a homer, what do you say to them right here, right now on the Garve show to close it off?
0: Oh, that's fine. I, I appreciate every fan and what they feel. And I don't, uh, I don't really even care what people say. I just love the job. Uh, I think everybody loves the Eagles, they're passionate about it and I think people would um, understand my position if they sat in my, if, and they sat in my seat a little bit more. Uh, I'm not certainly ashamed to work to tell people that I work for the Philadelphia Eagles and um, my content is creative and informative and entertaining and I'm certainly rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles to win every single day.
1: There you go, Dave. So let us know where we can find you on podcasts. And
0: we'll close this
1: episode off.
0: You got it, Kurov. The Eagles Insider podcast comes out each week. And during the season, it comes out multiple times a week. We're now interviewing all of the new coaches. We've had a really great series of interviews with the coaching staff. We've got great access and we take advantage of that. Um, Also on Twitter at Eagles Insider and on Instagram, The Eagles Insider.
1: Dave Spadaro, thank you so much. You can find more of Dave once again on the Twitter handle, at Eagles Insider. You can find him also on the same podcast app you're listening to right now. It's called Eagles Insider Podcast. And lastly, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. For the Garverar Show, that's it.
0: Take care, everybody.